The views expressed in this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of 94.9 CHRW. Ah, Perry, good morning. Forgive the intrusion, but my office won't be ready till tomorrow. I needed a quiet spot to make some phone calls. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, well, if you, uh, if you'll excuse me. No, excuse me. I don't believe you've met Chip Peterson yet, have you? How are you doing? It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. I'm a great admirer of your work. You've had such an illustrious career. <laughs> Thank you. I've, uh, had... Chip is just out of Harvard Business School, top of his class. He's very interested in journalism. Uh-huh. Well, it's a, it's a fine profession. Of course, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication. It's not exactly what you'd call the uh, fast track. Chip is our new supervising editor-in-chief. Supervising? Don't worry, Mr. White. We'll make the transition as smooth and painless as possible. Will you excuse us for a minute? That won't be necessary. I think it'll be very necessary. Perry. Did you? Or did you not? Just make that feather-brained, snot-nosed, pimply-faced, underage cow chip my boss. Well, that's one interpretation. Here's another interpretation. Why don't you just get the hell out of my office and stay out? You're overreacting. Now, my management style may not be exactly what you and the Daily Planet are used to, but give it time. We'll learn to adapt, compromise, work together, maybe even love each other. I mean, think of this as our honeymoon period. Why don't we just think of it as our divorce? Period. Good morning, London. It is Thursday, September 30th, 2010. I'm Bob Metz. I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right on CHRW 94.9 FM. Where we'll be with you from now until noon. No, no, not right wing. Just right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the clothes, everything will be and welcome to the show today, where, as always, the phone number to call if you want to join in on the conversation is 519-661-3600. Or you can write us, email us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Today on the show, we're going, to, we're going to be talking about principles, free speech, fairness, responsible journalism, and free speech in Islam, and how real is the terrorist threat. Joining us in the studio today, I would have... A week ago introduced him as the National Affairs Columnist for the London Free Press, but I guess now it's the past National Affairs Columnist for the London Free Press, also a former lecturer in political science here at the University of Western Ontario, and a frequent contributor to many other publications, Rory Leishman. Good morning, Rory. Good, Good morning, morning. Uh, Bob, and many thanks for having me on the show. Well, I tell you, I think a lot of people are wondering what happened between you and the London Free Press. And has it been going on a long time? Um, you know, give us a little insight, because I'm sure a lot of people are curious. Well, uh, we've had, a, for me, a disappointing uh, parting of the ways. I've been writing columns there for uh, 35 years. And during that period, I have had a couple of them uh, 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 that were refused for uh, publication. Uh, 
I didn't agree with the decision on either one of those, but uh, this one uh, really upset me. And maybe I should just quickly summarize for your uh, listeners who mm-hmm. are not familiar with it, uh, what that column is about. Well, absolutely. I had uh, been tipped off by a, uh, uh, a source, uh, anonymous source, uh, that I ought to take a look at the July issue of Al Bilad, uh, a monthly newspaper published in Arabic and English uh, here in uh, London that I'd never heard of before. And I found that... Uh, that issue uh, included a poem. I was astonished to find it included a poem, uh, uh, a, a peon to an Islamist uh, suicide bomber. And uh, it's a, in the poem, the uh, suicide bomber has left a suicide note for her mother. I take it that's Yama in Arabic. And uh, here's part of it. Yama Tell my son that I did not abandon him never. I did it for his freedom and our people's right to be able to live free forever. Yama, tell my husband that he will always be my all. I know he understands and he knows why I took that call. So clearly it's, it's intended to and does glorify an Islamist suicide bomber. And I went on in the column to observe that you would think that uh, politicians who are alert to uh, uh, the danger of homegrown Islamist extremism who would not want to be associated with a publication that would uh, laud a suicide bomber, would, uh, uh, they, they would want to have nothing to do with such a publication. But if your readers do a Google search and go to the August issue, they'll find that there were display ads in there by Jack Layton, leader of the NDP, Irene Matheson, NDP MP for London Fanshawe, Khalil Ramal, Liberal MPP for London Fanshawe, and Ed Holder, Conservative MP for London West. So you notice this isn't a partisan issue. You've got all the main parties mm-hmm. represented in there. Now, it'd uh, be interesting to hear what they have to say. Maybe they can say, well, gee, we didn't know about the publication of that poem. We're never going to do it again. That, that would be good to know. Now, again, this information particularly wasn't the wasn't the issue of contention, was it, between yourself and the well, paper? Well, after some back and forth, uh, uh, the editor-in-chief, uh, now uh, Joe Rossetti, mm-hmm. said that he'd be willing to publish that part. But uh, where he, uh, he insisted I take out a sentence in which uh, uh, I... Uh, uh, name a, uh, a two prominent local imams as having uh, recently given a uh, taken part in a lecture series of the London chapter of the Muslim Association of Canada. Now, the reason I included that in there is because the Muslim Association of Canada is, uh, I think, unique in North America in publicly avowing that uh, uh, the following. Uh, you'll find this on their national website. Mac adopts and strives to implement Islam as understood in its contemporary context by the late Imam Hassan al-Abana, the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, if you take a look at uh, uh, the uh, latest book uh, by uh, uh, Professor Salim Mansour in the political science department Mm -hmm. uh, here at Western, uh, been on the show a few times. Yeah, uh, very, uh, the highest regard for uh, Salim. The book is entitled Islam's Predicament, Perspectives of a Muslim Dissident. 
And uh, in that book, uh, uh, Salim notes, quote, Banna preached a dangerous mix of religion and violence. He is not just the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood, but he is also the source of modern fundamentalist politics in the Arab Muslim world. His teachings evolved and mutated into the politics and terrorism of Osama bin Laden's Al-Qaeda, end quote. Now, the Go Google's a wonderful service, uh, and I checked around for some more mm -hmm. information on Bana. There's a whole lot. But one thing that particularly caught my eye is the Hamas Charter. That's the charter of uh, Hamas, the terrorist organization that is banned in Canada. On their charter, they laud Bana as, quote, the martyr Imam Hassan al-Bana of blessed memory, and commend him for declaiming, quote, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. And then, having quoted uh, both those extracts, I went on, the, on in the column to say, one might suppose that moderate and peaceful Muslim leaders would repudiate the Muslim Association of Canada as well as all other organizations inspired by Bana. Yet among the speakers in a recent series of lectures presented by the London chapter of the MAC, the Muslim Association of Canada, were Sheikh Jamal Talib, Imam of the London Muslim Mosque, and Dr. Manir El-Qasim, Muslim chaplain, Muslim chaplain at the University of Western Ontario and Imam for the Islamic Centre of Southwestern Ontario. Mr. Rasidi wanted me to take out that last sentence. Mm -hmm. And his argument was that I should have given space in the column for Imams Talib and Al-Qasim to uh, defend their participation in that lecture series at London Mac. Well, I'm a columnist for the newspaper, not a reporter. I have 700 words uh, only to uh, express a viewpoint. And uh, uh, this, this would, uh, it's just not practical to, and the columnists of the free press, they're, We've always been schooled. You don't mm -hmm. write on the one hand, on the other hand, state of viewpoint. And uh, during my 35 years at the Free Press, and certainly under Walter Blackburn, uh, you know, I wrote many columns in there. As you know, Bob, I have... Uh, oh, I'll tell you, the Bla Walter Blackburn days, I was a regular columnist, but just by virtue of all the letters to the editor they used to publish of mine. <laughs> yeah, And right. as soon as Paul Burton took over, you never saw my name in the paper yeah. again. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And that would uh, be after Mr. Blackburn died and the newspaper uh, was taken over by Sun Media. Rory, I was but, just, just yeah. reading your article, or, or rather, Rossitti's article about... Uh, about the issue, and it's not just the fact that the two names, the two imams were named, it's also, it says right here, which point was insurmountable? Among other things, the column states all moderate Muslim leaders should repudiate the Muslim Association of Canada. So this is a blanket um, argument against your column saying that, no, perhaps all Muslim leaders shouldn't repudiate the MAC. So I it goes a little deeper, I think, than just those two imams being mentioned. Well, uh, now I'm embarrassed because I had overlooked that. Oh. And so <laughs> we got a fundamental disagreement between, I don't see, and I would insist, that no moderate Muslim should promote an organization that's dedicated, as 
the uh, MAC is on its website, states flatly that it's uh, uh, promoting the ideology of Hassan al-Banna. Correct. I actually went to the website, and it still says that there is, at least yesterday, that it, they, they promote the uh, philosophy of uh, al-Banna. Well, I think uh, we'll find, let's keep an eye on that, uh, that that, now that it's become a matter of public knowledge uh, outside the uh, Muslim community, I suspect that admission is going to be taken off. Uh, now, you know... Now, there's a great irony in all this, isn't there? In, in the fact that the article in question is appearing in today's National Post. Well, I was very pleased by that. <laughs> it's on page A20 of today's National Post and also on their website. Now, did they cut anything out of it? No. Did they put you through the same kind of questions that Joe Rossetti did? No. Um, they, they had... I provided them with... Uh, uh, documentary evidence for all the facts on the column, and they obviously checked it out uh, in the version I sent to them, and uh, and I was very pleased that uh, uh, they published it. Mm -hmm. Listen, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about journalism, and I want to carry on a little more about the reaction to this and some of the uh, reasons Joe was uh, talking to you, you know, in terms of the whole dispute here. We'll be back right after this quick break. Are you, uh, you going anywhere special? No, I'm just keeping the seat warm for Mrs. Roosevelt. Oh, <laughs> my name's Matthews. I'm from the New York Gazette. Oh, really? You know, I was the one who sent that story back on the invasion of Russia. Sent over a thousand words. You know, if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have known anything. Oh, is that so? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Oh, nothing. <laughs> you big blabbermouth. I'm a newspaper man myself, but I was double-crossed. You can't trust that Hitler. He double-crossed his best friend. Jumping, Jehoshaphat. Now listen, sweetie, this is no time... So, yes, if you have to, you have to. He had to. How do you like that? Everything happens to me. 365 days in a year, and this has to be the day. What's the matter, Walter? Sweeney. Dead? Oh, he might just as well be. The only man on the paper that can write, and he picks the day to have a baby. Well, he didn't do it on purpose, did he? I don't care whether he did or not. He's supposed to be covering the Earl Williams case. And where is he? Walking up and down in the hospital. Is there no sense of honor in this country? Oh, well, haven't you got anybody else? No. No, there's nobody else on the paper that can write. I'm through. You get mad all you want to, Hilly, but you can't quit the newspaper business. Oh, well, why not? I know you, Hilly. I know what quitting would mean to you. Well, what would it mean? It would kill you. <laughs> you can't sell me that, Walter Burns. Who says I can't? You're a newspaper man. That's why I'm quitting. I want to go someplace where I can be a woman. You mean be a traitor? A traitor? A traitor to what? A traitor to journalism. You're a journalist, Hilly. A journalist? Now, what does that mean? And that's a good question, isn't it, Rory? If you're just joining us, we are in studio with Rory Leishman, who has just recently departed from the London Free Press after being with the paper for many, many years. And I was noticing that um, one of the letter writers to the Free Press who cc'd me his letter, a fellow named Richard Van Cedars, wrote, uh, who's a non-Londoner, by the way. He was uh, following you on Canada's most read web lists. And he wrote, quote, The very name of the London Free Press was synonymous with Leishman especially if you leaned a little to the right and resided somewhere between St. John's, Newfoundland, and Victoria, B.C. And I have to say, that's, that hit my, my sentiment about Rory, too, in a, in a very direct way. You are, or have been, a fixture at the Free Press. Um, and I'm, I'm amazed that 
this was the thing that would cause your departure. Now, uh, you know, I, I was. What is the responsibility, as you see it, of a of a free press, of a journalist? Uh, and and you're you're an editorial commentator, not a reporter as such. Is there are there clear lines there? Well, I think uh, my knowledge is on the uh, editorial pages in particular. I've never worked as a news reporter. And uh, let me revert back to the paper in the, during the Blackburn era. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm a, uh, uh, I believe in the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death. And I have written several columns in that at that time. And Mr. Heine, Bill, William Heine, who was the editor-in-chief, mm -hmm through that era, and Mr. Blackburn both fundamentally disagreed with that. But they published that viewpoint, which, of course, is intensely controversial. Sure. And then they would give ample space for people to write in and explain, uh, you know, how wrong-headed and ill-informed and uh, leishman is to hold that viewpoint by pro-choice. So you had a lively debate. Now, this column that uh, I wrote about uh, the... Uh, Islamist suicide bomber poem and the uh, the Muslim Association of Canada was of course controversial but I was in my discussions with Joe I said the thing to do is to uh, make sure that people who disagree and there will be that they have an opportunity to write a rebuttal and they can say whatever they want to about me in there and I think it would serve the readers of the London Free Press to have an uninhibited exchange uh, between people with opposing viewpoints I know it's. I know what it's like being a writer to some degree. Do you ever? Did you ever find when you saw those criticisms that it depressed you for the day, or elated you for the day, or you found maybe a criticism came from the right person, so it didn't matter, <laughs> you know? Well, uh, the when I said uninhibited exchange, I mean within the constraints of civility, of course, and honesty, and uh, and uh, uh, well, uh, not just avoiding libel, but uh, being. Uh, 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 reasonable in your uh, in, in your approach, no name calling, this sort of thing. Uh, some of the comments that uh, uh, were published in the newspaper uh, in response to uh, Mr. Mr. Rossetti announcing my departure in a column on uh, last Friday uh, included a uh, uh, the, the, uh, reference to the spike column having been posted by me on my own website. So a number of readers took a look at it there, and mm -hmm. that's how they um, found out, obviously, what was in it. And uh, I was particularly disappointed from a, uh, by a, a, one of the first comments, which came from Lila Paul, who, she you know, is running for city council now, and is a former uh, news anchor for uh, CBC Television in Vancouver. And uh, she suggested uh, in her comments that I'm a Muslim-hating Islamophobe. And uh, I got in touch with uh, uh, Lila and said, uh, I don't think there's anything. I would like you to review that column. And, uh, and I'm sure upon reflection you'll find there's absolutely nothing uh, in there that would suggest that I'm a Muslim-hating Islamophobe. And you can search the internet, talk to my friends. You will find no evidence in my written uh, or anything I've said 
public or private that would support such an accusation. I am not a Muslim hater and I'm not an Islamophobe. Well, I give her enormous credit because she wrote back and said, in effect, you're right and I apologize. And she's written, she also told me that she had submitted, a, a, uh, she sent a copy to me of a guest column she submitted to the London Free Press. Mm-hmm. And would it be all right if I just quote this one sure, paragraph? absolutely. Uh, she writes this, in comments posted to the LFP on September 25th, I implied that Rory Leishman's recent column, which was spiked by the LFP, was an example of hate-mongering against Muslims. I assumed his column, which discussed the Muslim Association of Canada, to be inaccurate. I did a quick search of the London Mac website, and on the basis of too little research, I condemned his column and him by implication. I would like this column to serve as my public apology to Mr. Leishman. Well, I am very grateful to Lila Paul. I mean, we all make mistakes. Well, that's and, one of those mornings you draw drops, eh? Yeah, <laughs> and... Uh, and I sent a little note to Joe Rossitti uh, saying, I hope that he would publish uh, her uh, guest column, or at least that part of it, in which she retracts the libelous accusation published on your website that I'm a Muslim, uh, a hate, indulgent hate-mongering against Muslims. But so far, I haven't seen anything in the newspaper, and uh, maybe... All I can hope is that he's saving it for Saturday or some other time. Well, I'll tell you, I was reading the exchange between yourself and Joe online, and, and there was a really disturbing thing that came out of the argument. Maybe you'd, maybe this one flew by you, too, mm. and I'm not here to embarrass you and no, catch no, you on no, this. No, fine. But he, he seemed to argue that the reason that you were having this, this dispute was because he sees a distinction between the roles of a local newspaper and a national one. Now, what apparently was his problem, is in the local newspaper, you can't take two Londoners to task by name without giving them a chance to respond. It's called Ambush by Pen, he says. Now, this is a paper that has recently positioned itself as sort of emphasizing the local news. And now they're telling us that's the one news they're not going to give us. They won't give us any local names. And, and, and the amazing thing was, you know, he's worried. He says where he runs into trouble is when, when the, the sheik and the Dr. Munir, they, they phone him. He doesn't want to get a phone call. <laughs> now, is that why? So maybe he says if they're outside the, um, the uh, you know, distribution area of the free press, then apparently it is okay. So I'm just thinking, what kind of an editorial policy is that? Well, I think uh, uh, one factor is that uh, uh, Mr. Rossitti was appointed editor-in-chief, I think, just last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he has never, uh, to the best of my knowledge, I've I, uh, left full-time employment with the uh, free press about uh, 10 years ago, tw- yeah, at least, mm-hmm. and been writing as a freelancer. And I don't think that I'm sure that he has never had any uh, responsibility for supervising the editorial page. And I think that he's just misinformed about the uh, distinction between a column of opinion and a news report. If if one of his reporters were to put that in a news story, the first thing any competent editor would say, get the other side and put it in that in the news report. Sure. But in a comment... It's an opportunity. Yeah, in a comment... uh, you say, let's have one side, and then let's open up our pages to people who disagree. 
and give them free reign to uh, to respond. And uh, he chose not to do that. And that's something that the free press did in the past. Of course, it's a local newspaper, but it's all the more important to have vigorous debate about things that are happening right here in London. I found it interesting that in looking at the print version of the free press versus what they had online, there was a huge disparity both in content and quality and everything in terms of what they printed on this. Like, look at all these pages. I had to shrink this down to eight point to get it down to, I don't know, eight or ten pages of, of uh, back and forth. There's where the debate is. Yeah. And um, a lot of these comments, most of them were in your favor. A lot of them never made it to the print version. I don't know what the standard is there. But um, I was I was astounded by the by just the degree of the controversy caused by this, and the paper seems to be just turning its head the other way. You think they're happy that you're gone? Um, I I I I couldn't uh, <laughs> comment on that. <laughs> well, but uh, one thing I think is is very clear. I mean, my wife has been keeping tabs on this, and at one point it was running fifteen to one, uh, and. Uh, letters critical of uh, and comments critical of uh, 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 Joe's decision. And uh, I noticed, though, on his blog on, uh, yesterday, two days ago, mm-hmm. he, he wrote in his editor's blog, oddly, London doesn't seem as interested in the whole kerfuffle of the dozen or so posted letters. Only one is from a Londoner Another from Exeter, the rest are from Smithville and Nanaimo and points in between, though I couldn't begin to tell you why. Now, Rossitti's a fair-minded person. I, If he were to check uh, the letters that are in there now, he will find there are plenty from Londoners as well, far more than one. Sure. And they're uh, overwhelmingly critical. Now, I was, one sur- thing- I was surprised they allowed a lot of these anonymous people. I didn't know that was a policy that would be allowed in a bona fide newspaper, anonymous I, comments. I, I, if I were Joe, I wouldn't allow that. Mm-hmm. And some of those people writing in in support of uh, uh, what I had written, they are Islamophobes. They, they are expressing hatred and uh, uh, for uh, as Islam, and it appears uh, all things uh, Muslim. I, I think that's not an unreasonable. Uh, they cross way over the line of. Uh, yeah, there definitely were a few, no question. Yeah, there was one article in there, one comment that struck me, is that one person said that, noted what you said, Bob. Why are there? Why is this comment thread still going on? Oh, yeah, the free press usually cuts them off really, really quick, and um, it went on for a few days, I think. And I wonder if there's not something behind that. But that's my suspicious nature. Well, I think because so many were coming in, that would probably be the reason. But I think it is uh, reckless for the free press to publish anonymous comments. And that particular one I'm describing was anonymous. And they should not be publishing in comments uh, libelous comments mm-hmm. either. Now, mind like, you, there were some anonymous comments that were pretty fair as well. It was that's not, it's right. It's not all, all one thing. Yeah, but on the editorial pages of the newspaper... Throughout the 30 years I, I worked there full-time, I was involved in uh, sometimes in editing uh, letters to the editor. The policy was that if you wanted a letter published in the London Free Press, you had to uh, give your real name. Yep. You had to agree that your real name would be published in the newspaper. You had to provide at least a telephone number so that an editor, a, a 
a clerk could contact you to verify that you wrote this. Uh, now, obviously, there's no checking at all on these uh, comments. And uh, I think the paper is leaving itself. I mean, I'm not going to sue anybody, but uh, I, I think it's a dangerous policy for the newspaper if they're worried about libel suits. Can I just go to the free press and just post my comment without anybody vetting it first? Well, or, how is that done? I've never done it before. <laughs> judging from the quality of the comments on there, it's evident to me that no one's vetting it. Oh, boy. I mean, I, I think that's the only reasonable conclusion one can draw. And uh, I'm not at all happy with uh, 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 people uh, who are obviously uh, Islamophobes uh, um, uh, slamming uh, Rossiti. I We don't want that kind of... Uh, we shouldn't be having that kind of... Uh, uh, no, I, I agree. And, spiteful uh, dialogue, uh, vitriolic dialogue uh, in the website or the pages of the newspaper. I think that's a good point on which to break. We're at the bottom of the hour, believe it, all, believe it or not. Uh, this next clip we're going to hear is actually going to uh, address our next theme, and this is from a broadcast last year, 2009, Michael Corn, Ezra Levant, uh, speaking about some of his problems and introducing the whole issue of the Muslim community and the issue of Islam. And we'll be back after this break. Let's talk about Muslims. When our magazine ran those Danish cartoons, we ran a beautiful letter from Rawa Khalid, who said, I'm paraphrasing, I didn't come all the way across the ocean to this free country to have Sharia law follow me. So there are a lot of Muslims here who don't like the fact that Mohammed al-Masri, president for life for the Canadian Islamic Congress, claims to speak for all of them. The tri I took in a couple of day uh, days of Mark Stein's show trial in Vancouver. On the wall they had a sign, Mohammed al-Masri on behalf of all Muslims in B.C. versus McLean's. Oh, is that a fact? Al-Masri didn't even show up in B.C. and he claims to speak for... I don't, I don't he's ever visited B.C. and he speaks well, for every sure Muslim. Has, but that's what it said. That's what it said. That's, that was the style of cause. So if, if, if I can find one Muslim, and believe me, I can find many, yeah. Yeah. who say, he doesn't speak for me, uh, can we sue them for being offensive? <laughs> You've seen far more of this than I have, but I could take anyone on a little tour of the internet and show them, in particular, uh, Canadian left-wing uh, chat rooms, websites, where, where Christians, for example, are called the most vile names, repugnant, uh, sadistic things are said about them, me included. Fine, I have no problem particularly with that. Uh, I've had my home phone number uh, put on the internet, sent excrement to this man's house. There was good old Michael Emwright, CBC employee, who, uh, who said the Catholic Church was the largest criminal organization in the world outside of the Mafia. I mean, this is, it, it, we can't, it, it's almost irritating to give one example when there are a plethora of examples of how conservatives, Christians, uh, Jews, in, in Muslim sites and elsewhere, horrible things are said. There is never, not hardly ever, there is never any action against the people who make these comments. Well, I mean, switch things around. If, uh, if it was a Scientologist that was filing these suits against the late-night talk show hosts, we would laugh at it. If the Catholic Church took on some gay magazine, people would say, hey, separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. If the Da Vinci Code started riots, if Woody Allen's mockery of the Jews, if, if Jews would burn down buildings. But we don't do that because we're used to having a thick skin, and if you don't like it, turn the channel. And if you really want to get involved, we'll write a letter to the editor, have a political protest. That's 
the Western way. It's a pluralism, and we allow offensiveness. We just mm -hmm. we just turn away. But the reason why people who are normally so adamant about the separation of church and state are not adamant about the separation of mosque and state, because really I'm being charged with blasphemy. That's what's going on in Alberta right now. I blasphemed against Islam by showing a picture of Mohammed. That's why I'm being charged. We have a secular government prosecuting a religious fatwa. And where are the secular humanists? Where are the separation of mosque and state folks? They're silent because the people who are prosecuting are, like Mohammed al-Masri, brown from a foreign country with an accent, the other. And we have to bend over backwards because we can't judge. It's actually the soft bigotry of low expectations. Oh, he's just a Muslim. We can't hold him to our same standards. No, we should hold him to our Western standards, which is tough. It up. If you don't like it, have a political campaign. Don't censor people. Do what the Jews, the Christians, the Scientologists, the Mormons, everyone does when they're picked on. Turn the other cheek or fight back peacefully, but don't call the thugs of the government in to censor people like you do in Pakistan and Saudi Arabia. And that was Ezra Levant in the 2009 broadcast of the Michael Corrin Show. We're joined in studio by uh, former National Affairs columnist Rory Leishman of the London Free Press, and we are now joined online by Lars. Hedegaard, author and president of the International Free Press Society, calling us from Philadelphia. Lars, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Well, welcome to the show. Interesting we should have you on the show today because I understand that at this moment you should have been involved in um, a speech and a presentation, I understand, with yes, uh, yourself uh, and I, Lars Vilks, the infamous cartoonist who, <laughs> who's responsible behind the, the cartoon that caused all the problems overseas. That's right. We were supposed to have uh, made a speech, both of us. And what happened? Someplace in uh, Philadelphia, yes, but it was cancelled. I understand it was uh, due to security concerns. Uh, they could not guarantee the uh, our security or the safety of the of the venue. So I don't really know the details, but I think that was the basically the story. And uh, it's regrettable that we've come to this point where people cannot simply uh, speak their mind and people could see who we are, where we're coming from. They could ask us questions. What, who are you? What are you up to? Now, you and uh, Lars, uh, despicable. you and Mr. Vilks were going to be attending four uh, speeches, I understand. The one in Philadelphia is cancelled. Are there any others cancelled? I see on the website is Yes, the I believe Ottawa. some speeches were cancelled in uh, Ottawa. Ottawa, Same reason? For the same reason, yes. I see. Now, are, are you still going ahead with the uh, Toronto uh, presentation? Yes, so I understand, yes. And I understand uh, you will also be on the Michael Corrin show tomorrow, is that correct? Uh, right, yes, uh, both of us, yeah. And uh, just for those who want to know, that's on CTS, and it'll be the 6 p.m. broadcast, and they'll be talking all about this. Um, well, we'll tell you, you've, you, you're in a lot of trouble because of your, um, well, basically your point of view and your conflict, essentially... There seems to be a conflict with Islam. Is that what the whole thing's all about? Well, I mean, this or is, is really something that you ought to, uh, I think, discuss with uh, my colleague who's right next to me here, Lars, uh, Lars Vilks, uh, what sort of hot water he got into. Well, but, but, um, from our perspective, I mean, we are here as a free press society in order to highlight not only Lars Vilks' uh, case, his imminent case, but also to highlight the fact that this takes place all over Europe. We have dozens of people, writers, artists, journalists, newspaper editors, politicians, who have to live under 24 hours police protection because of something they've said, not something they've done, not because they've issued threats or, or incited to violence, but simply for voicing an opinion on Islam. Now, your particular 
uh, trouble with the law in uh, Denmark, is it? Uh, uh, Article 266B yeah, of the Penal Code? Things about the social customs, in, in, as I see them in, in, in the Muslim families, and for that reason I'm being dragged into court in January uh, on, a, on a criminal charge. Yes, over there, apparently, the uh, what would over here be a human rights tribunal affair over there is actually the uh, the criminal law. Yes, it is. It's the public prosecutor uh, who is uh, who wants me convicted for racism and hate speech. It's a funny thing because I'm neither a racist nor a hate speaker. Or I'm not a xenophobe. I'm not a uh, a lunatic right winger or anything. I'm, just, I'm simply a, a man who has been saying what I thought. You know, I've seen your comments, and I, I have to agree with you. There's nothing I saw in there that would classify as racism, and I have to say that some of the things you said were mild compared to some of the things I might have said publicly, which I also don't classify as racism. Good for you. Good for you. But I'm sure if I... The funny thing is that, that if, um, if an imam, and we have such an imam in Denmark, uh, if an imam says, well, if you turn your back on Islam, you should be killed... He's also said, his mom, his name, Imam, his name is Abdul Wahid Peterson, a convert. He's also said that, you know, if, if uh, women transgress sexually, they should be stoned to death. Uh, he's not being prosecuted for anything. He's also said that when we have uh, a sufficient number of Muslims in Denmark, then, of course, Sharia law will be the law of the land. We will abolish uh, democracy, free speech altogether, and introduce this barbaric uh, law as the law of the land. He's not being prosecuted for that. But if I point out that we have some problems with Muslim culture, I'm being dragged into court. That's, uh, this is extremely al alarming. By the way, is Lars Vilks there with you? Yes. Is he able to come on the line with us for a second or two? Yes, I'm here. Oh, this is Lars Vilks? How yeah. are you? Now, you're uh, the cartoon... You're the cartoonist that who's who's basically you've, your life is under threat, is it not? Yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm actually not a cartoonist. I'm well, I'm an artist. An artist, working yes. more conceptually with things. But I I made a drawing in 2007, and that is still following my life. Yes. Now your house has actually been uh, firebombed. I understand, Mr. Vilks, and you. Uh, I saw you get assaulted at a lecture on YouTube. There's a video of you getting assaulted, and you get constant death threats. How do you how do you live with such a an umbrella, a, a sort of Damocles hanging over your head like that? Yeah, you get used to it. At least I do. Um, this started in 2007, and it was, of course, very scary to to meet this situation. But then I've been living with this for a long time, and this year is, it escalated. But um, <clears throat> actually. Uh, I think I'm taking it quite well, and I'm working very close with the <clears throat> Swedish secret police, so um, I don't feel that bad. Now, are are you the only artist who ever dared to draw pictures like that in your area of the world, or are are you, do you stand alone in that that they should pick well, on in, you? Well, in Sweden, I, I don't think there is very much competition in this thing because. Artists, they are censoring themselves. They know that if they go into this, they will get into trouble. There might be death threats and things like that, and they will also be seen as politically incorrect people by their colleagues. So, so you better avoid such subjects. don't know if I'd call that self-censorship. I'd call that fear. It's yeah. fear, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fear it's of being, yeah. Pure fear. It, it, it's just frightening. Uh, you know, um, now what's, what are your plans now, now that the um, event... 
in Philadelphia uh, apparently has been canceled. That's where you're calling from. Um, you'll be going, how long will you be staying in North America? I was there one week because um, I'm going to give a, a new try on, on the um, Uppsala lecture, which was stopped in, in May this year. But now that I've decided that I will come back and, and uh, make a new try on that one. So, um, so until then, I will stay here in the, in the United States and Canada. And um, are both of you going to be on Michael Corrin tomorrow night? Both? Yes, I think so. Oh, yeah. well, well, we'll all be looking forward to seeing that. And I'm sure we, we want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm sure that we'll be talking again on the show in the future to get some of your perspectives on, um, the, you know, the aftermath of this entire event. So well, thank for, you so much for having us. Well, thank you for thank joining you. us. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, Rory, what do you think of that? Well, uh... That sort of thing is uh, very disturbing. I mean, it should disturb everyone. Uh, he's saying that uh, they can't speak in uh, in Philadelphia and uh, and they can't speak in Ottawa uh, because of concerns over security. And I wonder when are our fellow Canadians and people in the United States going to start insisting? that this kind of intimidation will not be allowed to, uh, to continue. I see the problem. I, I often wonder, is the problem the terrorists or is the problem us? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it just seems that our authorities, our, 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 the people in charge, either do not see the real danger and they constantly capitulate to it, thereby feeding it again. I think they're, they're throwing fuel on the fire. This, these aren't the only folks this has happened to. Look at what happened to Ann Coulter of all people, right? you know, when she came to Canada. And that was cancelled in Ottawa, too. For the right. same reason, actually, yeah, because of an because inability, of security. inability of security to handle the threats and the uh, potential violence of the Islamists well, who disagree with her. Yes, that's right, and uh, York University and uh, Sir George Williams, uh, there have been several of these, and uh, it, it does pose a... Uh, uh, a direct attack constitutes a direct attack on uh, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, uh, that uh, one of the fundamental values of our democracy. Now, I agree with uh, Richard Pipes mm -hmm. uh, when he uh, he's an authority on uh, radical Islam and uh, very prominent in the United States. And he keeps insisting that radical Islam is the problem. Moderate Islam is the solution. And his... Uh, his approach is to encourage Muslim moderates to be more forthright, to be more vigilant, and to be more outspoken in defending uh, Islam and the reputation of Muslims from uh, these extremists. And, uh, and I think that uh, I would, I'm really hoping that the moderate Muslims in London will uh, uh, inform the, uh, the editors of Al-Bilad and... Uh, and spread it through the community that we do not want to be associated with people who are glorifying suicide bombers or uh, 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 organizations that promote the ideology of uh, Hassan al-Banma. Now, mm. one of the problems in Canada is, you know, I'd never heard of the link between the Muslim Association of Canada and uh, al-Banma. And, uh, and until I... I started doing some research on this. Now, Tarek Fatah has wrote about this last April. Um, he's a uh, moderate Muslim, and he 
did it in the, uh, well, the Ottawa Citizen, the Vancouver Sun carried that. But I've seen no other reference in English Canada except uh, Michel uh, Petru, who's a, uh, a very good uh, foreign correspondent for Maclean's magazine. And on, on September 10th, he noted that uh, uh, Bloc Québécois MP Mai Faya had a, uh, gone off on a junket last year to the United Arab Emirates and uh, paid for the $6,000 tab was picked up by the Muslim Association of Canada. And uh, Petru wrote, I'm especially uncomfortable. He thinks that politicians should not be accepting gift junkets like that from mm-hmm. anybody. And he says, I'm especially uncomfortable with a group that champions Hassan, Hassan Albana's illiberal and anti-democratic agenda, footing the bill for one of our elected representatives' flights and hotel rooms. Good for him. And I, I, on my fellow journalists, it's surely uh, they should be showing far greater curiosity about uh, uh, the sources of... Um, uh, support for uh, ideological support for uh, uh, Bonas kind of uh, violent jihad. Now, do you think that there might be a little bit of, uh, I don't know, animosity on the part of the London Free Press and Joe Rizzuti? Because, in effect, you're doing their work for them. That piece that you did, which of course wasn't a, a comment piece, pointed out things that a good reporter probably should have picked up on and should report it, but yet I don't even see it in the news today. That's right. Other that, than your article. That, that really dismays me the most. They've had this information for uh, you know, since September 11th when the column was originally slated to publish, and there's been nothing in the news pages. If they weren't happy with the way I dealt with it in my column, why not have their uh, reporters? But there's been absolutely nothing. And the, uh, I want to clarify, I'm not suggesting that uh, Imam al-Qasim or uh, Taleb uh, themselves support violent Islamist radicals. I'm not saying that, and the column does not say that. No, that was clear. And mm-hmm. all it's saying is, and I'm sure that, uh, uh, you know, uh, perhaps they would write in and say uh, uh, there are all sorts of new Democrats who revere Tommy Douglas but deplore his, uh, his views on uh, eugenics. Likewise, uh, we uh, applaud Hassan Obama for uh, what he's done to uh, promote the social welfare of impoverished Muslims, and we revere him for that. But we deplore his support for violent jihad, and we, we would dissociate ourselves from that. Yes, it's quite I think possible it, that... Um, oh, sorry, Laura, go I ahead. was going to say, it'd be very helpful to the Muslim community in London if they were to write a column stating that. And uh, I'm sure Joe would give them ample opportunity to uh, Mr. Rossetti to uh, express that viewpoint. I agree, and I think uh, that's where we want to go with the conversation to see what the future is on this. We'll take a quick break for a smile, and we'll be right back. Times are sensitive, man. I'm not. I believe in freedom of speech. I believe we're supposed to have fun. You know, don't hurt anybody's feelings. But if their feelings get hurt, enjoy yourself, man. It sucks. You can't have feelings in America anymore. You notice that? No, man, if September 11th taught me anything, it's enjoy your life, it's short, and it could end at any moment. Like for Halloween, I had fun. I gave the little kids powdered donuts. 
See, some of you get those jokes. Some of you were right there, hey, partner. Some of you, what, is he speaking Spanish? Come on, people. I need you to be here for me, listen. I'm just saying, be human, man. That's all I'm saying. Listen, September 11th happened and we were all pissed. I'm not saying, you know, do crazy things. I'm just saying do something with your anger. You got to let it out. And words are good to let it out because words don't hurt. See, we've gone through this place where words hurt. Words don't hurt. Just vent. That's all I'm saying. Like there's Middle Eastern people in here. I don't hate you. I don't want people to beat you. That's wrong. That is not cool for people to put their hands or batons or anything on you because you look Middle Eastern. I don't want that. Do you understand? I just want to be an American and give you a look like you. That's all I want to do. Just a little bit. Just to vent. I just want to look at them and go, I know you didn't do it, but you know who did. You know. You know. That's all. And then I'll get in his cab. Is that wrong? <laughs> Take me to the hotel I was just venting. I understand, my friend. Don't worry. It's so cool. You know, it's very rare to find comedy about a subject like this. And uh, it's amazing. Carlos Mencia, you know, that's one of his issues, is free speech. And he talks about every race in the book. You know, listening to him, I, I, I wonder if what he expressed there is kind of a feeling a lot of people have. Um, we all wonder why we don't hear more from, as you say, the moderate Muslims coming out with a... at least to let the rest of us know how they feel. Well, there's, of course, one outstanding exception to that, and uh, that's uh, our friend, uh, Professor Salim Mansour. That, oh, there are handfuls. And, that, and, exactly. I, I, I just wanted to acknowledge yeah. that. And uh, But your question is a valid one. Why is his voice so alone? Why are there not more people uh, uh, speaking up frankly and forthrightly in defense of uh, uh, democracy and, and against the violent uh, extremists? Now, I see a number of associations like the Muslim Association of Canada and the Muslim Brotherhood who uh, actually the mother, Muslim Brotherhood has been around for about 80 years or so. But these organizations have the one goal in mind, more or less, of Sharia law for everybody, a caliphate, more or less. And I wonder, is, is there any organization out there that might rally behind uh, Salim Ansur or Tariq Fatah and, 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 and have the kind of impetus that these other more violent associations would have? I don't hear them. Yeah, I'm... Uh no, I don't either. Well, and you I think there's a fear factor there too. Well, uh, that's what we'd like to know. Well, Tariq uh, Fatah had to quit the Muslim Association. Didn't that, he? That's right. Uh, and Hersey Ali is constantly he, yes, under yeah, guard. Yeah, uh, um, and it's for people within the Muslim community to uh, explain why they're unwilling to uh, 
uh, speak up, uh, uh, you know, explicitly like uh, Salim Mansour. Can I mention one a, a news report that your readers might uh, well, absolutely. find We've, we're interesting? We're getting up to the ne- end of the show, so yeah. I'll give you the word there. Go ahead. Yes, I just wanted to mention this. Uh, there is an article published in Le Devoir on Saturday, last Saturday, on a, uh, it's by uh, Brian Miles, and uh, it's available on the Internet for those of your re- uh, listeners who uh, mm-hmm. speak French, and it's very good. He's writing about a, uh, a meeting in, uh, in Montreal last weekend attended by 2,000 persons, and that was uh, sponsored by, uh, as he says, uh, the Muslim Association of Canada and a similar organization in the United States. And uh, he quotes the uh, uh, the organizer of the uh, uh, of the gathering, uh, uh, Ahmed Shakur, and uh, asked him about. Uh, I understand that you're going to be uh, uh, promoting polygamy at this conference on the family. How is that? And uh, and he said, uh, well, it has to do with the emancipation of women. Uh, polygamy uh, could protect. Uh, uh, against the uh, the problem of divorce and solitude and uh, uh, women from uh, you know open marriages and uh, uh, that was his argument. Uh, we're we're attempting to transform the uh, the ship which is uh, heading into uh, is sunk in immorality into a ship that's navigating on top of morality. I mean that <laughs> that's the essence of yeah, the uh, right. I'm translating as we go along. Well, uh, that's all right. I don't mind, uh, uh, you know, uh, outspoken uh, defenders of uh, Sharia law um, uh, promoting it that way. I think that the more our fellow Canadians become aware of just what's in that Sharia law, the better. But as Miles points out, uh, it's the it's the uh, anti-democratic uh, nature, the uh, the opposition of as uh, Robert, you pointed out, to uh, democracy. That Obama w- was a, uh, a, a, a um, wanted a single-party government that uh, uh, would impose Sharia law. And uh, in the article, uh, 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 Monsieur Miles uh, uh, reports that Jacques Broussard, he's an ex-minister in the... Uh, 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 government of the Parti, Québé- uh, Parti Québécois government, and three uh, co-signators, uh, uh, including two fellows at the École des Hautes Études Commerciales at the University of Montreal, have published a letter to uh, in a uh, Montreal uh, Le Suburban uh, uh, in, uh, denouncing this event. And they say, our uh, liberal and pluralist democracies are threatened by the Islamist ideology, the totalitarian temptation of the 21st century, irrigated by the Muslim uh, uh, Brotherhood. And so there is at least one prominent politician who's finally speaking up frankly about this. And and all I was suggesting in my column is that we have a vigorous debate in Canada and have Parliament conduct a proper investigation uh, as to how all of us, Muslim and non-Muslim, can combat those that uh, are attacking our, uh, our 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 democracy in the uh, whether in the name of Islam or any other extremist ideology. Well, Rory, that's 
perhaps the best place to end the show because right now I'm thinking, uh, what do we do without a voice like yours out there? Where would people go to hear from Rory Leishman now that he's not in the London Free Press anymore? You have a blog site you want to let people know about and where they most likely will find your future columns? Well, um, I'm planning to uh, uh, publish uh, only occasionally uh, uh, columns. I, I, I publish for... Uh, my column appears uh, monthly in uh, publication The Interim, mm-hmm. uh, which is a national newspaper on uh, life and family issues and uh, occasionally in Catholic Insight. And uh, uh, Jonathan Kay at the National Post has kindly suggested that he'd be interested in seeing more of my material. But uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, concentrate on, uh, on writing a book so now that I've stated oh. this publicly, I'm committed to it. <laughs> no, oh, too late uh, now. This will be my next book. We'll edit it out of the yeah. on your online copy. <laughs> uh, and it'll be on uh, uh, the dangers of uh, homegrown Islamist extremists in Canada and tentatively will entitle it uh, uh, While Canada Slept or While Canada Sleeps. Well, we'll be watching for that one. Hopefully we won't still be asleep when it's, when it's released. Rory, thank you for joining us today. That's another one wrapped up for this week, folks. And we've got to go because it's that time again. You know what to do. Till next week, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the clothes, everything will be... But you can't deny the faith of these people that we fight. It's absolute. They believe that if they kill themselves, they will be met in heaven by 70-some-odd virgins. Imagine that kind of faith, to think that that would happen when I haven't met one on Earth. You guys, I adore you.